Welcome to Being Bold, the show that talks about business development. Hi, I'm Cecilia Younger, and today I'm talking with Brian Clayton. He's the founder and CEO of Your Green Pal, the Uber of lawn care, and he's built this company from scratch to nationwide. And that is so impressive. Welcome, Brian. Cecilia, thanks for having me on your show. It's great to be here. Thanks for coming on. Um, tell us more about Your Green Pal. Yeah, so Green Pal is an app that works like Uber but for lawn mowing services. So if you're a homeowner and you need to get your lawn mowed rather than calling around all over Craigslist or Facebook or something like that, you can just download GreenPal, you pop your address in and you'll get quotes and you can hire somebody in a matter of minutes rather than like hours. And wow. GreenPal is like a 10 year overnight success. We have been at this thing for a decade and now we're nationwide in the United States around 300,000 people using the app to get their lawn mowed and 32,000 contractors using it to run their lawn mowing business. And uh, I guess we kind of got to where we are today is by not giving up, to be honest. <laughs> we self-funded the business, haven't raised any outside capital, and just kind of grew it slow and low for a long time. So what, then what was the point that it just took off? Yeah, a lot of times when you look at the history of uh, particularly venture-backed startups, like there's this hockey stick moment where they just mm -hmm. kind of take off. And I don't know if that's mythology or if that's actually what happens, but but most of the time it's it's like a what Jim Collins calls a 20-mile march. It's just a slow and steady grind up the mountain. And that's that's how it's been for us. We there was never one thing that we did that just like led us to just blow up. It was always just a lot of little things over and over again. Uh -huh. And it wasn't like one move won the game on the chessboard. It was like a slow, gradual thing of little things done right that compounded over time. And that, that's been how we've experienced it. So it, it's, been a, it's been a slow grind, that's for sure. So slow and grow? You know, little numbers, so long as they're growing, eventually get big. And that's, that's how it got, that's how it was for us. Oh, okay. Well, tell me about one of your near fatal mistakes that you made and how you came back from it. Yeah, we made a fatal mistake in the like first, I guess you could say first level of the game, the first inning. Uh, we, my two co-founders and I thought that uh, we could build this company by outsourcing the tech. None of us knew how to develop software. None of us knew how to write code. None of us knew how to design software. We all had like blue collar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And so we, we paid a development shop to build what we thought GreenPal should be. It cost us like 200 grand to do that. And uh, it took them like almost a year to build it. And when we released it, it was like dead on arrival. It didn't have the features it needed. It was hard to use. It didn't fulfill the promise of push a button and somebody comes out and takes care of this chore for you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and so like we lost a year and all of our savings. And so we started off almost like, like uh, I guess you could say we, we, we didn't start on level one. We started like le level negative one because we had to like <laughs> dig out of that hole uh -huh. before we even get to the finish, to the starting line. And so and so that was a fatal mistake that we made, a near fatal mistake that we made early on. But the one thing we did do right, uh, we were reading a book, uh, all three of us, my two co-founders and I were reading a book at the time called The Lean Startup by mm -hmm. Eric Ries. And that's a really good book about building technology products from scratch. And also reading another book by his uh, mentor, his, I guess you could say his teacher, 
a guy by the name of Steve Blank wrote a book called The Startup Owner's Manual. And what those two books tell you in several thousand pages is that you have to get out of the building and you have to talk to your customers. And we did that. And even though we only had like 30 or 40 customers for this thing, we just spent 200 grand to build. We, uh, we, we talked to them. We talked to all of them. And, and uh, they all, all told us everywhere we sucked, everywhere the app didn't do the things it should have done. Uh-huh. But we never heard them say, I don't need this. We never heard them say, I don't want this. Matter of fact, they were disappointed it didn't work. And we use that disappointment as validation to keep going, keep moving forward. And right. so that was like one lesson we learned from those books that we applied to what we, where we were in the game. And, and, uh, and it was the right call because, because we, we knew we were onto something. We knew that if we had, if we could get it right, that we could have a hell of a business. Mm-hmm. And luckily we just kept going forward. We, we had to rebuild the, the whole thing from scratch ourselves and, and learn how to build software, learn how to write code, learn how to design software. But, uh, it only took about three years, but once we got through all that, we, we were off and going. So I guess that was kind of our hockey stick. Wow. Um, but how did you dig yourself out? Well, what we did was we focused on small wins. Mm-hmm. So let's say we had 20 customers use the, the first version of the app. We, we decided, okay, well, if we can get it to 100, uh, then you know, let's not worry about anything until we get it to 100. And, and, and then we'll celebrate that. And then we'll try to get it to a thousand. Um, but let's not worry about anything else until we get this like 20 customers we have to a hundred customers. And so we focused all of our efforts, all of our intensity on that. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter if we were passing out flyers, uh, you know, doing uh, like literal, literal phone calls, asking friends and family for recommendations, people that needed lawn mowing service, whatever. We, we hustled up a hundred people to use. That took about a year. Then after that, we decided, okay, now how do we get this hundred to a thousand? Okay, well now these are some different different skill skill sets we need. These are some different things we need to do. We need to learn how to maybe market this platform on Google or or Facebook, uh, maybe Instagram. We need to learn some some new skills. And so it took us about three years to get from a hundred to a thousand. And then once we got to a thousand, we thought we said, okay, how do we get it to ten thousand? And just literally like going level by level and not worrying about anything else until we got to the next level is, is how we kind of chewed our way through going from zero revenue, uh, a couple dozen customers, and now over 300,000 customers and, and multiple eight figures in revenue. And then how did you expand to different states? That was a, that was, that was a challenging part. Uh, we, we spent th- four years just in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, uh, because I figured if, if we can't make it work in Nashville, there's no reason to expand into other cities. And right. so we had a motto and still do nail it, then scale it. Uh, and so we, we spent a long time just in one city getting it right, making sure that when people signed up for quotes, they hired somebody. And when, the per- when they hired the person, they came out and actually did a good job on the service and that they were satisfied. And, and also for service providers, making sure that when they used it, they made more money using our platform than if they had done it uh, otherwise. And that took a long time to perfect. But after we mm-hmm. felt pretty good about it, we expanded into our first city and that was Tampa, Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. We wanted to launch into a, a near, like a, like a year round market. 
And so I went down there and spent, I don't know, four months down there interviewing contractors and, and basically going through the same thing we did all over again in our second city. And then after that, we launched our third city and then our fourth and fifth. And then we developed a playbook around, okay, this is how we can get a city launched in 48 hours rather than four months. Oh, wow. Little, little by little, we developed a repeatable framework where we could go into a town like Omaha, Nebraska, or Wichita, Kansas, or Sacramento, California, and get it stood up and get the marketplace humming in mm -hmm. a matter of days rather than weeks. Wow. When you first start, or when you go into a local community, uh, originally in Nashville, how did you build your your presence, build your... I guess your brand within the community? Yeah, it's a good question because that's harder than actually building the app in the first place. Mm -hmm. A lot of times uh, new founders believe that if they just build it, they will come. And actually, if you build it, they won't come. Uh, you have to really think about distribution and marketing alongside product development. As a matter of fact, the distribution of the app is harder than building the app in the first place. And so, for us, part of that playbook that, that we developed to launch in every city was how do we get the word out? How do we get people to find out about it? How do we get contractors to use it? How do we get consumers to, to use it? And what we keyed in on was Google organic search was the best way we could get people to use the product when they needed it. Because mm -hmm. a lot of times if you need a lawn mowing service, you know, you might call around friends or family or or you might, uh, you might like look for somebody in the neighborhood and then after all else fails, you'll go to Google and you'll type on knowing services nearby me in uh, Peoria, Illinois or Atlanta, Georgia mm -hmm. or uh, Tampa, Florida or wherever. And we thought, well, if we can be a part of that conversation when they're in Google looking for somebody, you know, part of the first 10 results, then, then maybe they might try our product. Mm -hmm. and so we focus everything on on competing in Google organic search, what all of the things you have to do to compete in that game. And, and what we began to, to understand was, wow, everything we just did to build the mobile app, to build the platform, to build the website, this is actually more harder than that was. And, and, and so we began to understand that like half of what our company's output was going to be was competing in Google organic search. And I always tell us to startups and founders is, is you're, you're usually going to be good at one channel, uh, particularly in the early days. You're rarely going to be good at like two, three or four channels. You're not going to be good at Facebook, Google, Google AdWords, mm -hmm. Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, TV and you know, radio. You know, you're not going to be good at all of these things at the same time. Uh, you got to focus on one and you got to really dominate. And that's what we did. We, we focused on just Google organic search and we have been for 10 years and so no matter where you live in the country uh you know lawn mowing services buffalo new york we pop up number you know in the top five usually uh so if a homeowner is looking for somebody they, they can find somebody through our website a lot easier than they can any other way right do you do anything just locally um other than the organic google search in the early days we it was a lot of hand-to-hand -hand combat uh the first mm -hmm. four markets uh, were a lot of passing out flyers, uh, hanging door hangers, um, talking to contractors. Uh, we even did newspaper ads. We did a lot of uh, uh, 
traditional type of, of, of advertising, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Just to try to, one, experiment, two, uh, you know, hand crank it to, to get the flywheel going. But as time went on, we began to understand that our best ROI, our best dollar in, dollar out, was to just double down on what was bringing us the most customers. And that was just advertising on Google, not Google AdWords, but competing in the organic results section. Um, so, so I always say that you have to hand crank these things first to begin to understand like what is working, what's not working, what you should double down on. And, and in the early days, you know, passing out flyers was the right thing to do. We needed a hundred customers. Nothing else mattered until we got a hundred. And then we needed a thousand and nothing else mattered until we got a thousand. Passing out like literally hanging door hangers, hundreds of thousands of them uh, was the thing we needed to do to get to the next level. And after that, we were able to learn what was the best thing to double down and invest our time and money. Oh, that's interesting. I like how you had to really think about um, the local community and developing your business that way before you could actually scale it. And then just as you said, nail it, then scale it. Absolutely. Every city had to be built from the ground up. And Uh even still to this day, you know, we we just didn't turn up, flip a switch and go nationwide. We had to identify the top 50 cities in the country. And then one thing we understood was you don't just launch Atlanta, Georgia. You you launch Alpharetta, uh, Marietta, uh, Riverdale, uh, uh, Sandy Springs. These are like towns around Atlanta, Georgia. That's what makes the Atlanta, Georgia metro. And so that took us a while to figure out was that it really didn't even matter if we were ranking or doing well for, uh, you know, the, the, the key phrases for lawn mowing services at St. Louis. What really mattered was were we ranking in like Belleville, Missouri, Ferguson, Missouri, things like that, because those were the towns around St. Louis. And that's really what makes the, the metro, not necessarily the, 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 the main metro name. And so every single town had to be built from the ground up individually. Yeah, I like that because um, what I've found is you need to go into the communities. Um, the big city is fine, but big cities are made up of small communities. That's right. Yeah. We learn that the hard way. <laughs> you can't just pick 50, 50 cities on a map and be in 50 cities. It's not L.A., it's Hollywood, it's Venice Beach, it's, it's Long Beach, it's, it's, it's all of the little areas around the main city and maybe even more granular than that. The founders of Uber talk about this a lot, too, that they had to take it down to the city block level. And so when you have a local marketplace like ours, you really do have to get granular like, granular like that. And it's, it's, it's operationally intensive. It's hard to do. But if you're sufficiently motivated and you want to do the work, you can build something. Like this. Right. No, I like that. What tips do you have for starting entrepreneurs? Start small. Uh, a lot of times we, we really want to like get hung up in the big audacious goal and we want to like go after that. We want to, we, 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 we almost like want to start on level eight, nine or 10 of the video game when you got to start on levels one, two or three. And so for us, like, you know, like I said, we spent three or four years just in one city and that was humbling, but we knew we had to like get it working on a small level before we could take it to a national level. So start small, um, get it working in, a, in, a, in the smallest, like simplest form as possible, and then move out from there. And, and, and like, if you, if you do it the opposite way, you know, you're just going to spin your wheels. You're not going to get any kind of traction. It's going to be disheartening. 
it's almost like a video game, like 10 levels of, of Super Mario Brothers. Like mm. you can't worry about Bowser when you're on level one. You just got to get through level one, then get through level two, then get through level three. Focus on one level at a time. And I think many times people think the big goal of what they want to do and they're steadily aiming for that instead of the small steps that you need to actually um, move up slowly. Um, it's just slow That's and right. grow. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, Brian, I want to thank you for coming on Being Bold. And if people need their lawns done, you need to go to Your Green Pal. That's right. Yeah. Life's too short to mow your own grass. Just, just go to Green Pal or download Green Pal in the App Store or Play Store. Yep, exactly. And thanks for listening to Being Bold. I love to hear from you. Feel free to shoot me an email at Cecilia at beingboldanddriven.com or message me on Facebook or Twitter. Thank you. <laughs>